0: Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians
1: here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals.
0: We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice,
1: strategies, and mindset shifts, so you too can reach your goals using food, and
0: most importantly, enjoy the process. This podcast is dedicated to all of our type A individuals out there who thrive with structure, routine, rigidity, is that, I pronounce that right? Rigidity. Rigidity. Yeah, whatever. You get what I'm saying. Type A people who thrive when they have a system that they can follow perfectly. And today's podcast episode is going to give you some food for thought on how to adapt and be flexible when it comes to your health routines and actually accomplishing your goals. And the inspiration for this podcast came from just discussing with clients who really do well when they have their plan and they're able to consistently execute their plan in terms of what they're eating, when they're exercising, for how long they're exercising, when they're meal prepping, when they're grocery shopping, and not going out to any kind of social occasion or not having people over for appetizers and drinks. And then when something actually does come up that they either can or can't control, they completely freak out. Freak out. (laughs) The freak out. The freak out. And they come in here and they're like, I was doing so good until Mm -hmm. XYZ and then everything went to hell in a Mm handbasket." So we're going to give you guys some tips today on how to create flexibility when things don't go perfectly. And before we started recording this, Megan and I were talking about, you know, what are some of the main points we want to hit? And you brought up your word of the year, which you brought up, I guess, in a podcast in early January. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this. I can't remember which episode it was. But tell me what you were were meditating on. So
1: my word of the year is adapt. And I would say that I'm not a type A person. And I would say that you're not a type A person. But I would say we both thrive on structure. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want people to think that someone who's going to thrive off of that structure means that you're a type A. Sure. Because I think I thrive off of like a weekly structure, so not necessarily a daily structure, but things that I can put in my week to week that make me feel grounded Mm. and anchored.
0: Perhaps it's more of a spectrum of the type (laughs) A to type B, just like anything. Yeah. Type A tendencies.
1: So adapt was my word of the year because I had a child and it threw everything in my world upside down. And so the example that I was just talking to Kate about is if it was Friday, happy hour time. And I was like, husband, come home at 4.30 so we can go, sit outside, have a beer, let Liam play, like, let's go do it. And then he would come home, I'd pick the place, we'd go there, there'd be no parking, there'd be no outside chairs tables whatever and so my immediate reaction would be fuck it let's go home i'm annoyed this didn't happen my plan a did not go through and so now because my year, my word of the year is adapt, it's coming up with a secondary solution, asking myself, what is the intention that I have for doing this and how do I make this still happen in a way that does not have to be perfect or what I envision? So instead of setting myself up for failure because of my expectation, what is my intention and how do I still get some of that intention
0: out of the next thing we're going to do? I love the perspective of intention because then it's easy to adapt. When you say intention, what comes to me is what kind of feeling are you trying exactly. to accomplish? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so when I think about that specific example and I put myself in that position, I think I'm a little bit different. And you, I, I like the structure. To me, I love a plan. Like, okay, we're going to go to dinner at six here, but if something doesn't work out, it's really Easy for me to be like, oh, well, okay, that's fine. We'll just go here and it'll still be fun. Mm-hmm. And that's not something I ruminate on. In other contexts, I would for sure. And I like to think, okay, well, what am I, what's the, the feeling? I wanna feel good. I wanna feel relaxed. I wanna have fun with my friends. And so when we take that same concept and apply it to a health or a nutrition goal, well, if things aren't perfect and you're focusing on, okay, I, I have to have this many macros and I need at least this many grams of protein at this meal, but maybe you're in a situation where that's not possible, we'll think, well, what are you trying to accomplish? What's the big picture? How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel regretful and sluggish and low energy after the meal? Probably not. You probably want to feel energetic. You want to feel proud. You want to feel invigorated. You pick the word that fits for you. And then you can make a decision on what or how much to eat or how much to exercise or what kind of exercise or movement to do to better fit that feeling that is associated with your long-term goal. Because most people's long-term goals when it comes to health or fitness is also associated with a feeling. People want to feel more confident. They want to feel healthier. They want to feel leaner. They want to feel lighter, more energetic, less stressed. So your behavior can also align with those feelings.
1: A specific client I was thinking about when we were talking about doing this podcast was a guy that I'd been working with for maybe a month or two. So kind of just getting into everything and his father passed away. Mm so obviously that wasn't in the plan and his father lived like three or four states away so enough of a drive to be pretty annoying like a nine ten hour drive away that or a flight and he was kind of going back and forth to help his mom do the funeral arrangements figuring out their finances everything with their house and the insurance and the banking and that was kind of his responsibility that he had taken on so it was a lot of Mm -hmm. stress to be taking on it was a lot of travel to be taking on and then not only that dealing with the grief of losing a family member And I think in those situations, you can choose to put all of the goals and the work that he had put in in that one to two months on hold Mm -hmm. during that time frame. But what he did that I was really proud of is he actually kind of gravitated more towards it Mm -hmm. as something that again like to use that word anchor Mm -hmm. something that could anchor him because everything else in his life was kind of Mm topsy-turvy upside down Mm -hmm. whereas he could take those four things that we were working on and try and implement them on the road, at his mom's house. And so it gave him a feeling of familiarity and structure that he could lean on Mm. versus it being a, well, I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air and say that I can't do this during Mm -hmm. this time frame. Which is what another one of my clients two weeks ago Mm -hmm. just did. So his grandfather passed away and we had agreed on a couple of things that he was going to be working on before we saw each other again. And he came back and he said, well, my grandfather passed away. And so I said, okay, so how did that change your ability to do X, Y, Z? Mm -hmm. And he hadn't even thought through the fact that he could have done some of those things. Mm -hmm. He just kind of said, well, this happened. And so that kind of gives me an excuse to not do any of these Mm -hmm. things. Not that he was thinking through in his head, now I have an excuse. It was just this happened, so I can't think about it in this way because it's not going to happen in the way that we had laid out. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you just pointed out with the coming up with a reason to not execute the things that you had agreed upon executing. And it doesn't have to be as severe as a family member passing away. It can be as simple as, let's say you had a a random appointment pop up in the middle of the day when you would normally go to the gym, Mm -hmm. and then you use that as an excuse to not get any movement in or to say, you know what, screw it, my whole routine's off, I'm tired after this appointment, I got bad news, I should just get pizza now. And so it could be a conscious reason or it could be a subconscious reason to divert off the path. And I think that people who are really, really, or people who really identify with being super structured, they love a plan, they love a routine, maybe they're perfectionists, they're more at risk for when things aren't perfect, Mm -hmm. the imperfection is an excuse to revert back to more comfortable or pleasurable eating habits that they're actually trying to revert out of. I was thinking about one of my daily accountability program clients. And we had an anchor, a routine, an anchor routine. And every morning she would just send me what her plan was for what she was going to eat throughout the day and what her movement activity. It was a really great routine. It was breakfast, lunch. If she needed a snack, she had list of snacks that she would choose from, and then what kind of movement she would have. But oftentimes, as always happens with life, there would be something that comes up. Maybe she wasn't as hungry as she anticipated it being, or maybe she was hungrier, or maybe she got invited to a dinner with friends that she wanted to go to. And so she had to be able to modify her structure, be flexible to adapt to her long-term goals when things would come up. So she really liked the structure and she felt really good when things didn't come up. She was like, yes, it was a perfect day. I Everything went exactly how I wanted to. But then she also had to celebrate the days where she was able to be flexible and make little changes and move things around in terms of what or how much she was going to eat. And then learn to feel really good about that, too. And that yeah. was hard for her because she was yeah. like, "But it wasn't like written in the stars. I was like, yeah, it kind of was like you did it. And then you have to celebrate like, oh, you walked out of that meal still feeling the same way you would have if you had eaten the meal you planned at home. So it, it is finding beauty in the nuance I guess
1: that reminded me of a a guy that I'm working with now it told me that January through March are always his best three months in Mm -hmm. terms of nutrition and exercise so he wanted to work with me during that time frame because he's like this is the time that I have to be able to do this and I'm Mm -hmm. not super busy at work and there's not a lot of stuff going on with the kids there's not a lot of trips and blah 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 And I almost wanted to say, like, come see me in March. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care about this time. Mm -hmm. but Because whatever you can do during this time, like, we need to be able to recreate that for when shit does go down. Like, that's when I'm interested in working with you. Mm. So, we, you know, we just kind of got through that time frame. And now he's starting to travel again. And all of these things are coming up. And he can't do the same things. He was going to this boot camp, like, four Mm -hmm. or five days a week. And he can't do that now. And so now it's like learning because for him it's like he set this bar mm-hmm. so high
0: i was just about to say that
1: and because the bar is set so high anything below that is like a failure
0: yeah no. have you been there before in that? oh yeah yeah for sure, for sure. Dude, going from it. a
1: crossfit workout four times a week mm-hmm. to now like never stepping foot in the gym it's been really hard to kind of readjust my expectations for myself
0: I see that happen a lot with women in their 30s to 50s where they have to maybe adapt their approach. What worked for them in their 20s when they were doing all of the things and maybe going really hard um, exercise wise just is not working when they hit 30, 40 or 50 years old. And so they have this expectation in their head like, oh, no, no, I need to be. At Orange Theory, five days a week, like I can't be eating carbs at dinner, I can't do it, or I'm not actually going to get results. And you kind of have to, I think it's kind of an ego thing. You have to let go of your ego a bit and be like, okay, deep breath here. Um, Getting any kind of movement in that I enjoy, that feels good with my body, that's practical, that I can actually get done consistently is just as good, if not better than five 60 minute high intensity workouts every single week. Playing
1: that comparison game with yourself is just as bad as playing it with other people.
0: Well, yeah, I think there's, I wouldn't say it's worse. I think there's like two groups of people when it comes to this, people that are more likely to compare themselves to their old self Mm -hmm. and then people who compare themselves to others and don't do enough inner reflection. So it's like some Mm -hmm. people who do too much (laughs) inner judgment Mm -hmm. and then some people who don't do enough. Mm -hmm. I know I'm more likely to inner judge my old self. I compare myself to 19 year old Kate more than I would to somebody else my own age, my peer group. What about you?
1: I don't know, because if I compare myself to, like, a previous self, I feel like I'm just getting better in terms yeah. of, like, knowledge, knowing more how to, like, deal with people. But I think I'm in that sweet spot of, like, about to turn 35 when you really get in that zone of, like, I am who I am and I'm going to own that shit rather yeah. than, like, in your when you're in your 20s and you're, like, not real sure and mm-hmm. should I change in this way and should I be this person and remember, like, how I was wearing size twos when I was 19 mm-hmm. and now I'm in a 7, like... None of that stuff is really in my head anymore. So I think to compare myself to my past self, I'm like, I'm crushing it now. Hell yeah. So I don't do that as much. You're
0: comparing in like a positive way. Right, exactly. I think that in in a lot of people's contexts, they might have had like a behavior, like a streak of behaviors about something. Maybe it's not even like their body size. In fact, it's weird. I was thinking about this on the way here because I was going to talk to you about it. I was thinking about when I was like 24, 25, I was like, productivity wizard like i would just oh. do all the things all the time yeah and you you came in here and you're like i'm gonna work full time and i'm gonna come in here after work <laughs> and
1: i'm gonna see my clients and then you're like lifting in the gym 85 days a week yeah something it like was that Like, who is this girl
0: <laughs> yeah i was just like hi I'm <laughs> okay life. Girl, go i'm so proud of that girl because she helped me out a lot but like dude that's who i am more, and i can feel myself like, I think this is a, a, a great topic to talk about with being adaptable and being flexible, because I've really learned to just slow down and be okay with just letting life come as it needs to still making goals and like getting things done just in less of a forced masculine like hustle kind of way. And I think a lot of people are kind of picking up on this shift. I don't know really if it was COVID that brought it up, but a lot of people are like, oh, like, it's not cute to work yourself into a grave, an early grave in your 20s. Like that's not fun all the time. But then I still compare myself to that girl because I'm like, oh my God, like I was doing so much. Am I like missing out on things I could get done if I acted that way now? And I have to remind myself like, nope, that wasn't very healthy. Like there's a middle ground. Balance is, is something that I really value and that was not balance. So I think those thoughts come up and I have to learn to adapt the new way I want to be and the new way I want to see when those old patterns come up, when that urge to, I've talked about this on the podcast, I know that something's going awry in my life when I have the urge to want to restrict or diet or get Mm. really tight on my lifestyle. Like when I want to control everything that I'm doing and exercising and where I am, when That means I'm feeling actually pretty disconnected with myself and I have to take a step back and learn to be a little bit more flexible and a little bit more fluid with how I'm living my life and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that idea that you brought up of creating anchors, things in your routine that are consistent, that help you stay grounded, also having habits that make it so that you can be or reach the goals you're trying to achieve, but then also practicing how to adapt when you can't execute things according to that perfect plan that you made up in your head.
1: I think there's a lot of books out there that have been popular lately talking about like morning routines. Oh, yeah. So like Miracle Morning is one. I think Atomic Habits Mm -hmm. is another one. I kind of go against that a little bit Mm. because... I don't know if it's just my personality type. I don't like every day to be the same, Mm -hmm. but I do like my weeks to have some kind of flow and structure. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't want to journal every morning. I don't want to do a ten minute yoga practice and stretch and then like I don't want it all to have to be like Mm -hmm. that. And I think when you read these books like that, you talk yourself into like, well, if I can just get in this routine, I can do all this stuff, and I check the the box for my gallon of water a day, and I check the box for my 15 minutes of cardio today, and I check my box for tracking all my food today. That, I think that gets so overwhelming. And then when something has to shift or change, you then say, well, I didn't do this one thing, so mm-hmm. none of these other things then matter. Yeah. So I encourage people to look at it more of, like a week, Mm -hmm. like, can I journal once a week? Can I do it every Monday? Mm -hmm. Yes. In between the time that I take a shower and right before I go into the office, I can journal every Monday. Mm -hmm. That is so much more realistic to me than saying I'm going to journal for five minutes every single day. It's just not going to happen.
0: When you put too many constituents on a practice, like, do this at this time for this long in this environment only before and after you've done this and don't eat before you do it because that will interfere with the (laughs) blood like when you put so many rules on it then there's you're just creating more opportunities for yourself to feel like a failure which sucks Mm -hmm. when you feel like a failure you're not going to succeed that's kind of counterintuitive right Mm -hmm. so when you can create practices or routines or habits in a realistic way and then not beat yourself up if it doesn't happen perfectly like give yourself a freaking break you don't have to be perfect all the time and you don't have to follow all the rules you set for yourself every single time or the rules that somebody else just handed to you or put into a book and and, and gave you you know i think humans really love the idea of like step by step by step mm-hmm. rules mm-hmm. so that idea of a morning routine It sells the idea of like fixing all your problems. Like you would just feel so much better about yourself if you drank this green juice that's 70% leaves and 20% fruit and 10% lemon water. And then you meditated for 30 minutes but you have to do it outside before 10 a.m. You know, like that sells something to people, sells an idea a or a belief. Yeah. Don't buy that package. And I mean, I have been guilty of it. I'm like, ooh, like I could do this and I could feel better. But then you have to objectively ask yourself, like, do you feel better doing <laughs> these things? Maybe, maybe not. But if you don't do them, is your life really going to change?
1: Well, and if you do feel better doing some of those things, ask yourself For the long haul, how many days can I make a green juice Mm -hmm. in the morning like that? If that's taking 35 minutes out of my day, like maybe it was fine for me to do that when I was 24. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have that kind of time in the morning now... Mm how can I grab some of that stuff that made me feel good then? Like maybe it's an every Saturday morning I'm yeah. going to commit to making myself one of those green juices to kind of get some of that feeling back. Mm. Well, the thing that I like about looking at it as like a weekly or even like a monthly thing, a good I guess a good example of an anchor for me is talking to my therapist. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen every week, but every two weeks, this is, this appointment is on the book. So, when anything is happening where I feel like I need to talk about something or it's, hey, this is a topic that I want to, like, get into, it's almost like I can put that on a shelf in my brain. Mm -hmm. So, instead of my brain going on a loop about it, now I put that on the shelf because it's something that is scheduled Mm bi-weekly for me to do that. Mm -hmm. So, same thing with, like, taking the bath on Sunday night if I'm just like god I just like want some time to relax I want some time to myself think through that okay Sunday at 8 p.m. that is going to be happening or if it's like man I really want to be able to meal prep but I can't do that every weekend so now I'm committing to I'm going to do it every other weekend the weekend that I'm not doing it I'm going to do freshly Mm. so I don't have to meal prep this weekend cool I'm looking forward to that I'm going to do freshly instead, so it's going to be done for me. So mm-hmm. it's like, instead of trying to look at every single day, all the things that need to happen, maybe looking at it as like a weekly, bi-weekly, or a monthly thing, where are those anchors that you can put in where you feel like I have control mm. over these things for the most part, if that control doesn't happen or those things don't happen, what's a way that I can shift or change that? And since it's not so rigid as a daily thing, it's a little bit easier to do that, looking at like a weekly, monthly thing kind of a schedule.
0: Yeah, I think that's genius. I think that when most people plan their day, I, I'm I, I shouldn't say most people. But when a lot of people plan their day, they put like 12, 15 things they need to get done or do and there's only so much time in a day. A lot of these things are very task oriented and you probably have to do some of them at a higher urgency than others. So those health practices, depending on where they fall on your priority list might get pushed aside because there's just so many things to do. So it can feel a little bit less overwhelming if you're like, okay, I'm just going to put this in one, two, three times a week instead of daily. I, I do it a little bit differently than you. There's like, I kind of chase that feeling again. And so I look at it by the day, but I look at how can I get this feeling and I'm okay with it happening in different ways. So for instance, like movement outside to me, weather permitting is just like a non-negotiable thing for me most of the time. If it doesn't happen, I'm not gonna like cry about it. But sometimes I have the time to take like a two hour leisurely walk with my dog and then stretch or do yoga on my rooftop. Like it's glorious. But if I held myself to that standard every single day, nothing else will get done. Or I'd feel really crappy if I didn't. So for me, is it 10-minute walk to the office outside? Is it just a normal dog walk with my dog? Is it, okay, my, my outside time isn't going to be movement today. It's going to be reading or writing outside on the balcony. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I, I want to be outside every day that I can how's it going to look? And I just plan that every single morning and I don't beat myself up if it's not as impressive or as active as it was the day before. I think
1: that guilt feeling really comes into play yeah. here
0: mm-hmm. a lot. I
1: was actually talking about this this morning with the guy that I take Norman, my dog, swimming with. Yeah, He's like, yeah, if I don't do this every day, I end up feeling guilty. Mm. I'm like, bro, this is a two and a half hour endeavor. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of time. I can't do this
1: every single day. And I remember when we first started doing it, feeling like, oh man, like I need to get him out there today. Mm -hmm. I need to get him out there today. And so then when I was looking back at my week, looking at what's realistic for me, it's every Monday. Mm -hmm. We will be there every single Monday, but I don't have two hours and then another half an hour to give my dog a bath Mm -hmm. every single day so it's looking at like what are some other ways that I can get Norman outside Mm. and get his exercise in that's not that so it's not we're not I'm not at 100% because that's his 100% so there's a neighbor that lives on the street like okay on Wednesdays he'll come over the dogs will play yeah. in the backyard so asking yourself the same question of if I'm not drinking a gallon of water doing 50 minutes of cardio tracking all my meals like what is a paired back version of that that will give me that same feeling or that feeling that I'm chasing or that intention what will that look like
0: I had a conversation with a client on Friday. She had texted me maybe a day before and was like, I need a, an appointment with you. She was kind of like, uh, I need to talk about something. And when you mentioned guilt, it made me think of this because she was like, I'm feeling really guilty because I was in this good flow and then I got into this old habit that I haven't done in months where I like, got frustrated and I emotionally ate and I ate some Chinese food and the next day I didn't eat the way I wanted to. And she was feeling ridden with guilt. And we got in this conversation, and I was like, okay, think of it in, in this step. When these feelings of guilt come up, what happens? You ruminate on them. You feel more guilty. You feel bad. You're feeling bad. What do you do to not feel bad? You go and eat more mm-hmm. because you don't want to feel bad, and then it's a cycle that continues. So when these thoughts come up, and this takes, like, a lot of self-awareness. I'm just gonna preface that with this. It's a this is like ninja awareness skills. <laughs> when you find yourself having these feelings of guilt, where you're criticizing yourself, being like, "Dang it, Kate, you ordered Chinese because you you felt shitty. Like, why'd you do that? You're so stupid." Blah blah blah. First, recognize those thoughts, and then forgive yourself for having them. Because when you have those thoughts, what your brain is really trying to do is protect you from what you don't want happening. Like mm-hmm. your brain doesn't want you to eat Chinese food every time you feel sad. So it's giving you these thoughts. It's just coming in the form of like self-belittlement, which isn't helpful. But your brain doesn't realize that. So when it comes up and you're really criticizing yourself for not being perfect, say, okay, Kate, like it's okay. You're having these thoughts. You just don't want to eat Chinese food every time. Instead, you want to be eating fill in the blank. hmm So then when you start to focus on what you're actually trying to do or the feeling you're actually trying to accomplish, I actually want to feel really healthy. I don't want to feel sluggish after eating all this Chinese food. Okay, here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to pick up like nothing happened and I'm going to cook dinner because I have time available from 5 to 6 p.m. to do it. So you forgive yourself for feeling bad and then you choose to feel better by making a new plan. And that can really help you not only... Execute consistently what you're trying to accomplish, but also feel good in the process and not so guilty. So it's three steps. You feel bad, you notice it. Step two, you forgive yourself. Step three, you choose to plan or think about something that will make you feel better. And you move on.
1: So here's what I do in that situation. So I kind of take the concept that you just talked about, and here's how that works in real life for me. So that journaling thing on Mondays, that's a real thing for me that I do. So I've chosen my top five core values out of it was a deck of cards with like I don't know 60 or 70 different things so I picked my top five out of there I have those written down and then I rate myself one through five on each of those core values every Monday so if I'm feeling guilty about something if something is falling behind and nothing it's never a five out of five for all of these Mm -hmm. things because that you just can't I mean, maybe one day, but mm-hmm. that's not the goal. But it's then figuring out an action step for each of those things. Mm. And so for me, having an action towards something, towards improving something, makes that guilt mm. then go away. Because I have something that I am then working towards rather than ruminating being at a one for mm. Whatever it is that week, I have something that, okay, here's my action step for this week that I accomplish, And it's not something huge and yeah. life-changing. It's just here's one small action step that I can yeah. take so that next Monday I look back if I'm feeling guilty about something. Well, I didn't take that action yeah. step okay, so that's why I'm feeling guilty Mm -hmm. about that. Is that realistic for me to accomplish this week?
0: Yeah. So it's like your guilt is reminding you that you're not living in alignment with that value. And so instead of like beating yourself up for not doing it, it's like, oh no, this area of my life just needs a little bit more love. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That made me think, and this might be like, um, a catch 22. One of my top five values. And I think about this Probably, I I journal more often than you. I wouldn't say every day, maybe like four or five days a week I journal. And I always look at my values and I think about one of my biggest ones is fun and Mm -hmm. pleasure. Like Mm -hmm. I put those together. Like I want fun in every single day. My theory in life is if it's not fun, why are you doing it? If you don't love what you're doing most of the time, it's not worth it. And so I think sometimes I can use my value of fun as a way to justify <laughs> not getting things done. Um, but in a similar sense, it's like, okay, no, I have to value all of the things that I'm doing, like any kind of work I'm doing or any kind of exercise or f- any health-related activity. Can I make it fun? So if you value something like success or if you value adventure, or if you value, um, I don't know, productivity, whatever, Can you somehow tie your values into your health goals too? That way you could relieve some of the guilt. So if I value fun or if someone values just movement instead of, you know, weight loss, whatever. Community,
1: connection. These are all things that people
0: value that you could tie into your health and wellness goals. Yeah. And therefore, if you're focused on that, like, let's say, I love that community connection. So perhaps you also are trying to exercise more for whatever purpose weight loss, health markers, whatever, but you value community, you're going to feel a lot less guilty if you're just doing a walking group with some friends or you're going to a yoga studio or you're doing a group fitness because at least you're moving and you're connecting with people at the same time. So it's adding to your life versus if you compare yourself to maybe when you were 21 and you were headphones in, not talking to anybody in the gym seven days a week, then maybe your life wasn't as fulfilling as it is now because it wasn't as in alignment with your values. like it just said a lot there but does that make sense it
1: does it's even when it if you're if you're one of your core values is finances or Mm. wealth it's like well how can i how could that possibly be tied back Mm. to health and wellness it's like well if my goal is to make more money and in order to make more money i need to be Mm. more creative Mm -hmm. or i need my brain to be in the best place that it could be to have these conversations with clients or if i'm in sales and i'm going from one place to the next place i need to stay on my feet for the next five hours and and watch the surgery like mm. how can that relate back to my health and wellness well i need to make sure that i'm feeling my body and yeah. feeling my brain in the best way possible so that i'm able to make the money mm. that i want to make versus running myself into the ground not sleeping enough eating like crap you're yeah. probably not going to be hitting your goals in that
0: direction i love to bring that one up in sessions you know when you're kind of finding a an angle to hit with someone someone who's really productive, or maybe they have a really stressful job, or even with you know moms, stay-at-home moms, it's like, well, do you want to be the best stay-at-home mom? Well, think of yourself as your highest asset. You are a machine. You are whatever word resonates with you. You wouldn't put crappy fuel in that machine. You would not charge that machine properly. You wouldn't polish and not put that valuable asset in a trophy case and show it off to the world. So, you shouldn't be treating your physical body like crap because if you do that, then how are you going to go out there and function? And there there are some people who are that weird... Exception that just have like so much mental stamina that they can kind of trick themselves into thinking like I can get everything done. I'm high energy as a person. Like I can function without eating or I can live off iced coffee and fast food and still get everything done. And to those people, I say like kudos to you, but also think if you actually were eating healthy, what even more you could accomplish and how better you could feel doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think that is such a great example to bring up that if you value wealth or family or... Anything that just doesn't have to do directly with health, well how taking care of yourself and prioritizing exercise and food can help you better embody that value. Mm-hmm. When you embody your values, you just feel better about life overall. Exactly. That's a facts.
1: Exactly. I have a client who functions very well on high stress mm-hmm. and when he lets go of some of the stress in his life, he finds something else mm-hmm. to replace that with. And so we've been working on a lot of these just, like, health wellness goals in general over time. And, like, he just sold a big business. And he's like, okay, like, he kind of over the past two weeks is like, you know, you're not going to hear from me much in the next two weeks because I got this big thing coming up that I'm not going to do. And so he stopped exercising. He stopped tracking. He stopped checking in with me. He stopped doing all the things that helped to keep him in the place he wanted to be in because this big stress thing was coming up. Okay, so then this sold. And I'm like, all right, what's the next thing you're going to come up with to stress yourself out with? Because (laughs) every single time you find something to fill that gap with. Mm -hmm. And what I want you to do is to fill that gap with this priority. Mm -hmm. Like use this as your home base, your North Star, your whatever that you can lead back Mm -hmm. to every time rather than what's this next thing that I'm going
0: to fill my life with so I have an excuse to not work on this because I'm stressed because yeah. xyz and to tie that into the theme of okay well now you have to adapt to this new blank space in your schedule well, Are you going to adapt in a new way that's in alignment with what you're trying to accomplish health-wise or you're going to stay the same by filling it in with something else that mm-hmm. isn't a priority mm-hmm. that's genius <laughs> that's, that's smart So I think we've talked a lot about things. We kind of dance around from subject to subject. One point I really wanted to make is that flexibility is a skill and takes practice if it's not something that you're used to. And there's so many different ways to practice being adaptable. I think one of the most... I guess it's becoming kind of trendy now to talk about it, but I really do believe that meditation in some kind of way, whether it is a journaling practice, whether it is just walking in silence, or whether it is that traditional close your eyes, think in your thoughts, listen to something guided. I think that's a really healthy way to practice just going with the flow and being, or at least operating under a condition that isn't tightly structured. Mm -hmm. Because if you just carve out 20 times to just... Float around outside and be in your own thoughts, and you're not being productive, that might feel really uncomfortable at first. But what you're doing in your mind is practicing how to just be and be okay with what is, which is just you being outside. And so you can apply that to a situation like you're at a restaurant and you'd picked out what you were going to order because it was healthy and it fit <laughs> beautifully within your macronutrient range, and then it just doesn't happen to be on the menu anymore, or they're out of an ingredient. Well, how do you just take a deep breath and just be okay with what is and accept the circumstance? So I think some kind of journaling or a self-reflection process is um, a way to really train for the real world.
1: And going back to that word intention, mm-hmm. and so if my intention was to go there and get the mahi-mahi with the side salad and a sweet potato, mm. and they don't have that, well, my intention was to be able to go out with friends, but still feel good mm-hmm. about the food that I was eating. So if that's my intention, am I still able to do that mm-hmm. in some way rather than saying, well, the mahi was going to be my fish for the week, and the sweet potato was going to be my complex carb, and now that's yeah. not there. So. How can I still feel good and go out with my friends? Like, that's my intention. How do I still make that work? So when things fall through and you need to adapt, Mm. what's my intention? And how can I still
0: salvage some of that? To tie both pieces of our advice together, it's when you are journaling or walking or meditating or in your morning journal, like a lot of people like to plan their day or their agenda in the morning before they start anything, set an intention for each practice or for your day and revisit it. So if your intention is to arbitrary, is to be healthy and feel good, okay, that's really general and that's fine. It can be general. Well, then you use that intention to guide your decisions even when things aren't perfect. Yeah. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We talked a lot about stories. We talked about personal things. So if you like these kinds of episodes, let us know. We're always thinking like, okay, what do people want to hear? And we use our real client stories and our own personal experiences for inspiration, but we love to hear suggested topics from you guys directly so if there is something you want us to talk about on an upcoming episode or even on our instagram reels and stories send us a direct message on our instagram at nutrition.awareness and if it's a good one then we'll talk about it probably would be if you guys suggested it (laughs) for
1: all my people out there doing the 35 for 35 challenge keep it up i am blown away by how many people are out there doing the thing
0: yeah, so tell people about what this is. Um,
1: so if you're following us on Instagram, you've probably seen all of these posts. So I decided that I was going to be active for 35 days straight to celebrate turning 35, and I just randomly, I just randomly decided this on a Monday. I posted an Instagram story about it, and I was like, hey, if you want to join in, just comment with what workout you did today. And I got like twenty people. And I was like, What? you guys all want to do this too? You're all insane. But then it made me really happy because now I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, um it's not it's not really about like a physical goal for me. but what I notice is, I mentally feel so freaking good Mm -hmm. when I do some type of activity.
0: Intention.
1: So freaking good. And it doesn't matter how many times I've proven that to myself. It really doesn't matter. If I go three days, and usually it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I don't do anything activity-wise because stuff's going on, doing stuff with family, doing stuff with friends, and I just let it go and I don't make that an intention for me, by the time Monday rolls around, I'm so sad. Mm -hmm. And when I'm journaling, I'm journaling about how sad I am I'm like, why am I sad? I just had a great weekend. This is amazing. And I find that it's because I've taken three days off from any kind of activity. And so for me, it's more of a mental challenge than anything. And what I have noticed is this is day eight, and I probably haven't done eight straight days of activity for years I feel so good mentally and physically and energy-wise. So just, yeah, appreciate all you guys that are out there doing that with us. And if you want to join in now, it's not too late.
0: Just follow us on Instagram and send us a picture of your workout. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietician.com.
1: Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.